so much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. The world of digital advertising has been predominantly controlled by a few large tech companies, limiting transparency and competition. However, the internet is a lot bigger than these few destinations. As the shifting identity landscape moves the advertising industry toward a consent-based, opt-in environment, there is a growing demand for independent, transparent, and privacy-centric solutions that allow for unified targeting and measurement. In this episode of Uncommon Thinking, recorded at Advertising Week APAC 2022, join industry leaders as they discuss what these changes mean and the new approaches to identity that are laying the groundwork for an upgraded, opt-in internet. Morning, everybody. Uh, my name's James Bays. I'm the general manager of the Trade Desk here in Australia and New Zealand, and I uh, hope you're all having a great morning enjoying Ad Week. Over the past 24 months, if you've been reading the trade press, as I'm sure many of you have been, you'd be forgiven for thinking the golden days of data-driven marketing are over. From cookie deprecation to browser wars to regulation, the writing's on the wall, right? At the Trade Desk, we see a very different situation. We see the opportunity and this moment uh, as a chance for us to upgrade from the opt-out internet to the opt-in internet. Since the first ad was served online, the internet's largely been operating on a quid pro quo basis where targeted advertising was the primary funding means for, for content, journalism, and great Australian stories. And third-party cookies have supported that. But cookies, as we all know, are an archaic technology that were never designed to do what was asked of them today. They kind of act, acted as a bit of a sort of makeshift technology to enable relevant advertising to be, uh, to be targeted, delivered, and measured. But the industry obviously didn't just wake up one day and decide that, um, uh, that we were done with cookies. There's obviously a, a number of other dynamics that are, that are at play that are demanding that we upgrade uh, the internet experience, not just for consumers, but for advertisers, brands, and publishers alike. Now, whether or not Google ultimately decide to deprecate third-party cookies in Chrome in late 2024, as they now say that they will, some five years after they initially announced that they were going to do that, Growing regulatory pressure on Google across large parts of the world, consumers' increasing awareness around their data privacy, and well-intended government regulation, and importantly, the fact that digital advertising has moved way beyond the environments that cookies were initially uh, designed to operate within. Audiences are fragmenting across devices, and the technology that we've counted on in the past no longer serves us in the way that it once did. All of this has created a really unique opportunity for us to collectively move towards a new opt-in internet. With the opt-in internet, we must give consumers more control, more transparency and more freedom to determine how they want to engage with brands and content creators across the open web. And brands have the opportunity to leverage all of this to build more meaningful relationships with their most valuable customers built on trust and transparency. Because for brands, it's bigger than advertising and it's bigger than marketing. This is about creating personalised, deeper relationships with their customers. And today, if you're a brand, there's no better place to build those relationships than on the open internet. The open internet is where consumers are spending three quarters of their time online, streaming their favorite shows, gaming, listening to their favorite podcasts, 
consuming credible news and journalism that they can rely upon to keep them informed. It's where some of the most powerful interactions are taking place between brands and consumers as we increasingly choose to exercise our economic muscles and do the research uh, and transact and maintain our relationships with brand across the open web. And when I talk about the open internet, I mean a place, let's be clear, where independent, fair and objective measurement exists. The open internet is a place outside of the walled gardens, where common standards are developed and adopted by all of us in this room and the industry bodies that we work within, where publishers receive fair payment for the content they create in the form of advertising revenue, and where data can be interrogated free from a black box. Now, the internet up until now has been based on an opt-out system, and what that means is, uh, uh, you know, we all have to do a bunch of clicking through menus and those sorts of things uh, in order to take cookies off of our computers, but by default, they're switched on. By and large, we don't get to choose to, uh, whether we get targeted advertising, we just get it because that's what cookies do. But the internet is quickly moving to an opt-in internet, as I said before. And what this means is you're not allowed to provide any targeting or leverage my data unless I consent to it. And in some respects, even that won't be enough as well. Um, some regulation is suggesting that we need to, to clear a fair and reasonable bar um, or test. So this clearly represents an upgrade right the way across the board. But a higher de bar demands that we have more active and more meaningful conversations with consumers about that quid, quid pro quo that I was talking about earlier that the only way to watch, read, and listen to all of this incredible content that's created across the open web uh, uh, is to opt in and to accept relevant ads by opting in. Uh, as consumers increasingly embrace a wide range of digital channels from BVOD to CTV, streaming audio and in app, uh, so are marketers. And I'm sure everybody in this room would recognize and understand that all of the fastest growing channels across the open web have never actually relied upon cookies. So today we are pretty much operating in a cookie-less environment already uh, and we'll be absolutely fine when cookies do go away. However, for marketers, they need to be accountable for every dollar that they spend, particularly as we go into more challenging economic times. They need to measure across all marketing channels so that they can compare different ad opportunities against each other objectively in order to act with precision and manage frequency across channels and devices. The reality is, in the last few years, marketers have become increasingly frustrated with walled gardens. Often the frustration centres on their inability um, to independently measure performance within those walled gardens, who basically are grading their own homework. And while the open internet strives to leverage this moment to do better, walled gardens are reacting to the occasion by getting less transparent. By building products and solutions for marketers, they increasingly only work within their own walls under the guise of privacy. And around the world, we're seeing intense regulatory scrutiny that frankly demands better. This is why there is a need for a whole industry to collaborate around a new common approach to identity across the open internet. An approach that's secure, offers improved transparency and control, and that operates across all platforms. And one that we all have a say in that's not dictated to us how it works. Now, whether that's Unified ID 2.0, the, uh, the open source project that the, uh, the Trade Desk has spearheaded alongside dozens of other companies, or uh, many other similar approaches, this, in our view, is the direction that the industry is now heading in. Uh, the work, let's be clear, was never a response to cookie deprecation. Um, instead, it was a collective recognition that the evolution of digital marketing demanded that we come up with a better way. And as more companies build up their logged-in data sets, um, whether they're TV networks, audio company, news publishers or brands, the open internet becomes a trove of opted in uh, and consented data. And that's why we believe the future of advertising lies in the opt-in internet. 
in the, area, in the era of the opt-in internet, we can look forward to better experiences for all participants, where the value exchange of the internet is better explained to consumers than ever before, where they've more control and con uh, choice and control as to whether they pay uh, using their attention by watching ads or pay via a subscription for the content they consume. For publishers, the opt-in internet can help them to improve the user experience, better monetize content, and gr have greater control over their data. And for marketers, the opt-in internet is where brands become more relevant uh, with their ad campaigns, and they're in a better position there than ever to build long-term meaningful connections with consumers. As an industry, we've been uh, incredibly effective at solving uh, the challenges thrown our way. Uh, we've come up with technical solutions to tackle and solve is issues like viewability, brand safety and ad fraud. But the future of identity is absolutely different. There is no one silver bullet, no technology and no one company that can solve this for all of us. And if the events of the last week have taught us anything, it's that brands and publishers need to roll up their sleeves and take ownership over the path forward on timelines that we all control and that aren't dictated to us by a third party. Building strategies to take advantage of the opt-in internet and its ability to create deeper, more personalised experiences with audiences and consumers. Because whether Google pulls the trigger to deprecate cookies or not, the past, in the past is the past and there is a better way forward. So with all that, um, I am very excited uh, today to kick off our panel for this session. Um, today we have the privilege of representatives from the real estate, travel and publishing sectors on our panel. Uh, three people who I think have some of the sharpest insights into uh, what's happening in our industry in this space right now, but also where the future of the opt-in internet is going. So I'd like to welcome to stage Susie Cardwell, General Manager of Client Product and Strategy at News Corp Australia. Josh Sliding, uh, Principal Product Manager at VADTEC at REA Group, and Willem Paling, Director of Product, uh, CX and Personalisation at Luxury Escapes. Welcome, guys. Um, I'm going to start with the, uh, the elephant in the room. Who was surprised by last week's news, and does it really matter anyway? Um, I'll start with Susie. <laughs> so um, I'm going to admit I actually was surprised, James. Um, uh, like most media owners um, and uh, marketers and ad tech providers, um, we at News Corp are undertaking a large program of work to make sure that we are insulated from any of the effects of third-party cookies going away. So that includes um, implementing a number of identity solutions and also working on um, a number of solutions around attribution and measurement to make sure that we can still prove the efficacy and the outcomes that we're able to drive for our marketers. Um, so literally the day before um, Google made the announcement last week, I was in um, a meeting with my product team where we were looking at prioritising all of these initiatives. And the question came up, uh, do we need to continue to prioritise uh, all of this work? Do we think that Google is going to deprecate? And I said emphatically, <laughs> I think they are and we absolutely need to make this a, a high priority. Um, literally the next day I was proven completely wrong, um, so I won't be getting my crystal ball out anytime <laughs> soon again. Um, but the reason I was surprised is that, um, as, we, as most of us in this room know, there is an enormous amount of investment um, going into 
um, ensuring uh, that we are insulated from the effects of third-party cookies going away. And as I say, that's around implementing you know, identity solutions and solutions that allow us to, uh, to accurately target our audiences to ensure that we're serving them the right message at the right time. Um, and also around uh, attribution improving the effect that we're able to drive um, for a marketer. Um, and I was surprised that Google um, would continue to um, perpetuate so much uncertainty um, in, uh, you know, in an ecosystem um, where so much investment, time and effort is going, is going into this stuff. So um, obviously, having read all of the commentary <laughs> subsequently over the last few days, I was the only person in the world who was surprised. Uh, but, um, but, but, you know, I, 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 genuinely, um, I, I genuinely was surprised that that level of uncertainty is potentially going to be perpetuated. Yeah, huge amount of work. What about for you, Josh? Uh, no. And I, I mean, not surprised. Felt kind of indifferent to it because it doesn't change anything we're doing. So whether it delays or not, we are forging ahead because we can't wait. And I think it just gives us a longer testing window. So I'm appreciative of that. Anyone who says that they're not still profiting from cookies being available is talking crap. Uh, we'll happily accept the revenue continuation for a short term, but we need to, it is, it's a longer window to test. Yeah, Apple's changes were the, like, like a really key lesson I hope everyone has because it's like you can have six months and then it's switched off and everyone's stuff fell to crap. Like, so, I want to avoid that. Yeah, it's a huge amount of work, right? And, and like, it's hard to argue that a little bit of extra time like, isn't a good thing, but hopefully we can continue the momentum and we've got to, you know, as I said before, you know, work towards a solution that we control on timelines that we control um, because we, you know, this period of uncertainty is really challenging you know, given mm -hmm. the amount of work, you know, the body of work that everybody's going into. Um, so when we talk about uh, like building something better, you know, we, I was just talking before about our view on, um, on the opt-in opt -in internet and clearly kind of large parts of the open internet are already consent-based, opt opted in and, and you guys like, all operate, um, you know, whether it's publishing or, or travel or, or real estate, like large parts of your ecosystem are, are already uh, opted in. Um, uh, what's at stake for us, like over the next couple of years, like as to you know, as we build towards a uh, an industry-driven solution um, or open-source solutions that we all control? Like, what's at stake, like uh, through through the next couple of years? Mate? I might start with with you, Willem. Um, I think there are I think there are a few things. I mean, for for me, I feel like um, you know, I feel really good about about what's coming. I think um, you, you know. When you were introducing this this talk, um, you talked about the you know the golden age of data driven marketing, and it's kind of you know looking back on that decade, it was a lot of fun, but it was kind of you know a wild west of, mm. of data driven marketing, of lobbing cookies around the internet, and you know believing that you know because because it's anonymous, we don't have to ask people if we're sort of passing this data around. Um, and so, I mean, I think with that, you know, to to a large degree, we've lost a lot of trust of just ordinary people and that's why regulators are stepping in now and asking us to do better and so you know I, I think there are a lot of things at stake really I mean you know we're, we're, it seems a bit you know we're just talking about advertising um, but you know traditionally advertising funded journalism and um, you know if you lose that ability to have good quality journalism you know it's, it's a huge amount at stake because of that you know the kind of um, this sounds a bit excessive but you know <laughs> the future of the world's at stake you know um, so, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, th I think there's a, there's a huge amount sort of depending on, on getting this right. Yeah, I mean, you oversimplify things, right? But the reality is that for most content that we all consume across the internet, it's, it's funded by targeted advertising. You take away targeting, CPMs decline. Um, and, you know, we've all worked in publishing businesses before. It's really, I mean, the funding model for quality journalism is bloody hard to get right at the best of times, right? You take away one of the abilities to be able to maximise yield and that becomes even harder. So um, you do have to start asking questions around the sustainability of the, the, the funding model. What about you, Susie? Yeah, I mean, 100%. Obviously, um, you know, uh, our, our organisation and our journalism um, is significantly funded by, um, by advertising and particularly by data-driven targeted advertising. Um, you know, and, and to that end, I think, that, so there's no doubt that we are moving towards um, an internet where we are going to be asking our consumers for their consent more and more, um, for their data to be used and for them to be, and for them to be targeted with advertising. Um, and I think that's absolutely the right thing. Um, there's no doubt that um, consumers um, are, are going to be expecting that and as you say, the regulators are likely to start imposing that. I think, though, from, from our point of view, as we, as we make that shift towards the open internet being opt-in, we want to see um, the same impositions being put on the, on the platforms. Um, the platforms, you know, as, as we all know at the moment, don't operate opt-in models. They are absolutely opt-out models, and you have to go to the setting somewhere, as you said, James, um, and find the particular setting that um, excludes you from being targeted or from your, cookie, your, your cookies being used, et cetera. Um, so from our point of view, um, there's, there's, there's no question that to make this uh, uh, an even playing field or to make it even slightly more even than it already <laughs> is, which is massively uneven, we would like to see the same sort of um, the same sort of obligations being put on the platforms in how they um, in asking actively asking for permission for um, their consumers' data to be used. There's, you know, the, the stakes the stakes are really high here. I mean, as we've as we've all said, um, I, I love I love the fact that Willem thinks that the future of the world um, hangs on it, um, but. <laughs> But um, independent journalism that, you know, holds power to account needs to be funded and we need to make sure that we are funding it evenly. Great Australian stories as well. Like, I mean, the Australian content industry is all like, largely funded, whether it's absolutely. TV or, or publishing is, is funded by targeted advertising as well. That, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, th that's exactly right. I mean, free-to-air free television, um, all of those Australian voices... Um, that we hear across TV, streaming services um, and across um, publications like ours and many, many, many others um, rely on us all getting this right. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Josh? Uh, I take a different angle. I think <clears throat> both right. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think there's been a love affair with performance stuff, short-term sales results, measurement to the nth degree, and digital is fantastic for that. And you kind of think about how marketing used to be done in advertising. There was a very big emphasis on brand, on brand building. And so mechanisms like TV were very effective. And I think there's a really good opportunity to revisit how we used to do things in a really good way. So if you're thinking about where you spend your money, do you need to spend it on every single thing that's going to drive the most like, optimal cost per click and cost per lead and cost per acquisition, all those metrics. We've driven ourselves crazy 
and maybe taking some of those things back and thinking a little bit more creatively around how you solve customer problems and build cool, compelling things, product services, whatever it is, and how you deliver that through mediums that you know work effectively. And maybe then that relaxes some of that kind of, we have to have this thing, this bit of text in someone's browser following them around. You know, like that, that's how I look at it, really. So then you can t do the, this is terminal, the world's ending, shit. Or you can go, there's a great opportunity to reinvent things. And I think the sooner you start testing that, the better. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like inherently as an industry where, um, and the trade press kind of like feeds on it as well. It's like this concept of winners and losers. Like, you know, as you move from one world to another world, you know, this concept of like what, what ID solution is going to win or is, is contextual going to win or whatever. I think the reality is far more complex than that, right? Like we're all going to need a range of different tools to, uh, in our toolkit. But, you know, uh, premium content, context, et cetera, is probably going to be even more powerful like in this new world than, than what it has been in the past because we have gone down this rabbit warren of, of, um, of, of data and micro-targeting and those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's right. And I think... I think, again, this it kind of speaks to the, the complexity that is being imposed on um, all of the rest of us who have to operate um, in, the, uh, in the open web outside the, outside the platform ecosystems. So, you know, for, for marketers, you know, the most, the most effective way um, to, uh, to reach the right audience with the right message at the right time is, we believe, through a combination of, of data, um, of context and, and, and really great um, content. Um, for us to, uh, you know, for us to kind of facilitate all of those things, uh, we need to make sure um, we are, you know, we as a media owner are providing all of the various different ways that our marketers are going to want to target an audience. So that is through multiple different identity solutions. Um, we also uh, need to start looking at ways that we can um, really accurately surface context um, to our advertisers and allow them to, um, to target on context. And then, of course, we need to make sure that we are producing super high quality um, content. All of those things um, obviously, um, uh, you know, come with, um, with, with cost associated. So where, and, and, it, and it becomes very complex then for our, our marketing partners and our advertisers um, to understand exactly how to plug into us and exactly how to work. So I do think in this, you know, in this new kind of ecosystem that, that, that we're sort of building um, that that doesn't rely anymore on third-party cookies, we need, to try and, we need to try and simplify a little bit. And so I think that, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, UID2, which is the um, Unified Identity 2 um, project, which the Trade Desk has been championing, but which many, many of us are starting to look at and work with in this, um, in this room, um, is that that's an identity solution that aims to be interoperable with other identity solutions so that we can easily work with, you know, one solution, but that, that, will, um, that will operate across others as well. That kind of lessening of complexity is absolutely what we <laughs> need to do um, as, as a, you know, as an ecosystem, as an industry... Um, for again, you know, for, for all of us on the, uh, I guess, on the media owner side um, and on the technology side, but 
for everyone on the marketing side as well to make us as easy and simple um, to access and, as to, and to work with as possible. Um, around that, like the concept of interoperability, I mean, there's a, there's a question down here from, from the audience that says, as, as TTD jumps into the publisher space with exclusivity of Disney Plus or Xander with Netflix, is this contributing to walled garden ecosystem? How do we plan to, to make this a fully transparent buy? I think like that point that you make around interoperability is kind of fundamental to that. Like, you know, for us, we don't see identity as a, as a winners and losers game. Um, uh, it's not a commercial product for us. We, um, uh, it's an open source project, but you know, to that end, like, uh, there's a danger, I think, if we all go off and do our own things, and like, there's a risk that we all end up building our own little mini walled gardens, which I think, hopefully, everybody thinks is a really bad outcome. Um, you know, it makes it really difficult to stitch, to, sti stitch things together. And so, as you know, like, you're going down a path of you know, multiple uh, solutions with Unified ID as kind of part of that and the interoperability layer. Like, Josh, how are you thinking about that? So, we have to. I think we've got two currently, nearly live. We'll have probably four or five by the end of the year. We need to, because there's no realm in which all these things have been stood up, working in parallel, understanding the demand, understanding the implications of the supply chain. This programmatic ecosystem is a mess. It's complicated, and we have to stress test everything. Yield management, demand management, all those things become very important. The only way we're going to learn about them is to dive right in. We'll also advocate a lot more for our own ID because that's much more important than cookies. So our, our idea and what we understand about our audience is, is the most valuable thing. Um, yeah, we're just gonna, it's a test and learn approach. I can't tell you that any one is better than the other, anything's right or wrong. We have no idea. And that's why we need to test regardless of the cookie changes. It doesn't matter. We have to try these other things. Uh, we may work in a world where there's 10, 20 IDs. It's just like, provided they're not screwing people and like messing with people's privacy. Or you can work with one that's interoperable. <laughs> we'll test it. <laughs> um, doing a bit of future gazing, Willem, to you first. Yeah. Uh, it's been two or three years since we were able to sit in this room. Cast your mind forward yeah. to Adweek 2023. Yeah. What do you hope the industry will have achieved in the next 12 months? Um, I think it'd be great to get past this idea of talking about cookies. Like, <laughs> we tried to use that word um, as little as possible. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty over it. They're going away yeah. They're sometime. Um, but they're going. Um, and I mean, I'd like to be in a position where, where the conversations we're having about assessing the, the quality of media uh, are much more mature. I mean, I think, I think, you know, anyone who's seen me speak in the last 10 years, most of the talks I've done are about how cookie-based attribution is junk. And, you know, I think that's kind of been this junk measure which has been a, um, you know, a driver of, of media investment for for you know, most of the last decade, where it's been very hard because you have that kind of sales-driven measure. It's been very hard to justify inv investment in premium content. It's been very hard to justify anything which isn't kind of, you know, it's got this sales number against it. So I hope that, um, you know, we'll have, you know, multiple streams of, of how we, you know, how we assess the quality of media and, you know, within brands, it'll be easier to have the conversation that, that you know, justifies the quality of a media buy um, rather than just how many people you've been able to touch before they buy. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that it's, you know, it'll be more than one conversation, but they'll be more mature, more robust, more rigorous, more scientific conversations. 
I think we all hope for that. Um, for anybody that hasn't uh, read, like um, Willen wrote a couple of pieces in MI3 a couple of weeks ago. Like, for those that have read it, I'm sure you'd agree it's some of the smartest writing that I've read on the topic over the over the course of the last kind of 12 months or so. So just really encourage everybody to pick that up. It's a, a really great read. Um, Susie, what about you, future gazing? Well, I think we've already shown that my um, predicting <laughs> abilities are challenged. So um, I'll probably be sitting here next year saying I was completely wrong. Um, but I think that um, I, I completely agree with Willem. We need to be moving the conversation past, you know, IDs and cookies and, uh, and the, the technology and the code that drives all of these things. And we need to be talking about how we're actually driving outcomes um, and how we're driving real business outcomes for marketers uh, and for advertisers. And I think, you know, if I could be sitting up here um, next year talking about a case study um, instead of talking about IDs and cookies, um, that, that would be a wonderful thing. And you, Josh? I'm less optimistic, I think. <laughs> if you think about it, everyone is pacing today. I don't think we're remotely close. Most people have married themselves to one ID solution, maybe two. So I would like everyone to have committed and the exchanges in particular to be participating a lot more. I'd like it to be a bit more transparency around what's going on and I want there to be some realistic things that we're working towards. It's, I agree that everyone needs to aspire to what you both have said. I think realistically fitting it in between your day job and making revenue for your business and figuring out what the fuck am I supposed to do right now. I think it's probably a bit more, sorry about my language, by the way, I realise that. So <laughs> it's normally me. <laughs> I apologise. Um, I think if people have really lent in, got some results, got some like specific, this is how my activity works in an ID-less world with cookies, and this is how it works in these situations, and I'm very confident about the investment path I'm going to take forward, uh, I think that would be a really, really good space. And I'd love to sit here with someone sharing, and I welcome anyone who wants to share how you're doing it, what you're struggling with, I'll share everything with you because I think it's, we'll get there a lot faster. So, I'm pretty confident we'll get those case studies. I mean, I know if I look at what's going on in our business, the, t the conversations have changed from sort of six to 12 months ago that we're having with clients. And clients are a lot more proactive in terms of reaching out to say, we want to test this CRM onboarding or we want to test this, this matching or this type of activation or, or, or whatnot. So I'm confident that we'll, we'll be here in 12 months with, with more case studies to talk about. Hope so. We can argue over that. Me am Going to close. We've got uh, 60 seconds left, so we're going to close with a rapid-fire Q&A, one-word uh, answers. Uh, we'll start with Josh, and we'll work our way back down this way. Uh, Data-driven marketing will be better or worse when cookies are finally gone? It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. Like, I, I, no, one, no one knows. I don't know. Better. Better. Better for me as well. Uh, the future of the internet will be driven by, it could be identity, measurement, trust, transparency, programmatic. What's it going to be driven by, Willem? Attention. Content. So, yep. Did you say attention? Yeah, I agree with that. Nice. I agree with that. Um, what's the biggest change that you're making to your business at the moment to respond to what's happening in our sector that we've been talking about today? Nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> You've been, Willem's only been in his role for how many months? Three months? Four months? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's, it's, yeah, it's coming. Susie? Oh, look, huge ongoing program of work around continuing to build out our, you know, our audience data um, capabilities to enable targeting, fantastic insights and really good attribution. 
we've spoken about a lot. We're looking at all the ID partners that exist in the market. We're going to try and test as many as possible. We are leveraging our assets that we have internally, because rather than building something new, I don't think there's, there's always technology solutions to technology problems, but we've got an amazing asset at REA. We're just trying to leverage that a bit more for more cross-business purposes and just figuring out what we're doing, literally writing out a strategy and letting that be a bit fluid. Getting it done. Uh, that's us for time. Um, Josh, Susie, Willem, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including Advertising Week New York 2022 coming this October, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously, and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.